You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Be Strong, Be Positive podcast right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, delighted to be your host as always. Got a very special guest in this week's episode. I'm delighted to be joined by the founder of Let's Blether, Gabby Williamson. Gabby, it's a pleasure to welcome you on to the show. Thanks very much for joining me. No, thank you very much for having me. No worries, how you been? I've been okay. Yeah, I've not been too bad. I'm actually making, been making the most of this nice weather. It's like been so nice this week, like it so different for Scotland so no I've been enjoying that but on the whole I've been okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Which kind of been your over the last kind of year or so it's been pretty safe, pretty safe to say it's been quite tough for everyone but what's your been your kind of thoughts on it? God I mean <laughs> it's just been overwhelming I think for everyone I think if you speak to anyone you know everyone's got a different story about how they found this year um, but it's not been easy I don't think it's been easy for anyone it's it's just, it's so different to what we're used to. I think being so restricted to just being in your house and being told that you can't go do the normal things to like distract yourself and stuff just makes it so much harder. Um, it's just been so isolating for everyone. Um, but hopefully we're coming out the other end of it, fingers crossed. Honestly, the thought of going into another lockdown actually makes me want to cry. So I hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> Definitely. How have you been kind of keeping busy? If it's been the, how have you been kind of managing to, to keep busy during this, these times? I think having my blog, Let's Blether, to really express how I've been feeling um, throughout lockdown and over the last year has definitely really helped me um, put my mind to a positive place because I feel like if you're open with people, then it makes you realise you're not alone. So many people, I get so many messages from other people who've been feeling the exact same over the last 12 months and I think that's really reassuring and it's comforting knowing you're not alone so I've been trying to use like my kind of platform and let's play there to you know like do positive things and open the conversation to different topics that have you know stigmas and stuff surrounding them um but on the whole I've just been trying to like keep busy like I hate sitting about not doing anything I think that just makes my mind go off to crazy places so you know just going out walks and catching up with friends now that we're actually able to do that um just kind of been doing stuff like that brilliant what's what was the kind of motivations to start your blog like was it did it just come about or was it a kind of long-term process to start it well i made my blog it was so lockdown started in march last year and i think i made my blog in may so like kind of two months into lockdown um and i think it's just social media it can be so toxic can't it and Mm -hmm. I think just whilst you're in lockdown it was so easy to dwell on things and I would end up just sitting on Instagram I'd go from Instagram to Twitter to Snapchat you know that way just going down and half the time I was looking at things that was actually making myself feel worse and I was like how am I feeling worse when actually everyone's in the same boat right now like everyone's locked in their house but you're still going on social media and feeling like you're missing out on something makes sense so I just thought I want to be a bit more open about time um my dad he was 
living with um, esophageal cancer. Um, So I thought, you know, that'd be a way of me kind of sharing what it's like being in lockdown with essentially a dying parent. Um, Because I know that, you know, many people who have been in lockdown will have been, you know, having to look after parents if they're young carers or if they're a sibling that's not well. And that's really difficult because I think in normal life, you're able to go out and do things. So your main focus, well, not even your main focus, but you're able to do things to distract yourself. But see, when you're just in the house, you're constantly thinking about that person in front of you that's not well, or it's like the main focus and you can't take your mind away from it. So I just thought, I'm going to make this Instagram page and just share how I'm feeling, not thinking it would kind of do very much. I just kind of thought, you know, even if it helps one person, then that's kind of good for me. So I just started it from there and just kind of, you know, posted about how you know you can go into someone's Instagram or you can see a photo of someone and they can look happy but you know you don't actually know what's going on behind that um and I think that's really one what I wanted like kind of the message I wanted to spread is that you don't know what anyone's going through um we think we can be so quick to judge especially in today's society so um yeah I just kind of wanted to start a kind of change there and yeah from there it's definitely been such a positive thing for me What's the response been like? It's been so overwhelming, but like so heartwarming as well. Like I'm not a soppy person, but see how it makes me feel when I receive messages from people. Like it's actually just like the best feeling ever. And I think for people to be so open with me and share their personal experiences, that's like an honor to me that they feel like they can open up to me like that that means a lot um and also just the people that I've managed to kind of talk to and meet kind of on this journey through my blog um it's been so inspiring I mean it just kind of puts into perspective that everyone is going through their own kind of journey with different things and um it's definitely kind of opened my eyes to not everyone's life is perfect as and you think everyone's is but no one's life is you know what I mean everyone has their situation or something going on and um it's definitely highlighted that to me definitely what was your kind of memories kind of growing up like how do you look back on your, your experiences when you were starting out like what was your what was your ambitions when you kind of left school and things like that well, when I left school, basically my dad was diagnosed in 2018. So I was just going, I think I was just in sixth year. Or was I? Yeah, I think I was just in sixth year. So I was kind of in my last year of school. And um, I think that was a bit of a curveball because right. when you find out someone's got cancer, you really, your whole life changes. And I think, especially with my dad's diagnosis, we were kind of told he had between three to six months and that was a huge shock because my dad was a fit healthy young guy and um none of us expected that so my kind of last year at school went from being something that was meant to be like the best kind of year like finishing school with all your friends to just a bit of a kind of stress just a big stress ball because I've got the worry of my dad I'm applying to uni thinking about the future um and it was quite scary but I was really lucky to have like a great support group within my friends and um 
other family members and stuff that definitely made it a lot easier and my dad's mindset he was so positive about it all so half the time we never felt like he was actually ill if that makes sense because he was so positive and he looked so well half the time and um I think that definitely made it a lot easier on all of us um and stuff but my ambition was always to um I always loved politics and English and stuff like that so I'd always wanted to go to uni and do something like that um so I'm currently doing politics and sociology at uni which I'm loving and really enjoying and I'm glad I've got that because that's a really good distraction to have as well because it's something I'm passionate about so Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad despite having that really difficult last year at school I managed to get to kind of where I want to be just now like I'm glad I've got that but it was definitely really difficult. So what's kind of been your your, your kind of experiences with mental health like when did you kind of when's the first time you realised kind of mental health was a was a thing like? I feel like all kind of like through school I was okay I think I've always kind of been a bit of an anxious person but I've never really realized it like I didn't really know what anxiety was like I just just kind of thought I was just a nervous person Mm -hmm. and but now kind of looking back and realizing the signs of anxiety and what it's really about I realized through school I definitely had it I mean there was some I think I'm a huge overthinker and I would always think the worst was going to happen and especially around exams like I used to get myself in such oh I just used to get myself in such a bad place and half the time it wouldn't even be the stress of the actual exam it would be the thought of sitting in an exam hall with like people like that I found more scary than actually sitting the exam if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and I look back at that and that's kind of where I think my social anxiety stemmed from because the thought of being in a room with loads of people and you know any sudden noise that you make every I just always thought I was going to do something and everyone was going to see that I've done something and I don't know why that just gave me like the fear like so badly um but once I kind of left school um and I went to uni um obviously you're in big lecture halls and stuff with like yeah. loads people you don't even know and I was fine initially and then I think it was after it marked a year of my dad being diagnosed and at this point he was still here he was at home and I was sitting up in Glasgow and I don't know why I think it just hit a nerve with me and I got this overwhelming guilt that like I was up in Glasgow enjoying my life and you know my mum and dad my brother and sister were all here having to deal with obviously my dad not being very well and Mm -hmm. that kind of affected me through like my anxiety then got worse so when I was at uni I would be in lecture halls and I'd be like jittering thinking oh my gosh I'm gonna do something something's gonna happen to me and it got to the point it was so bad I just didn't go just didn't go to my lectures and it was so like more it was so like upsetting because I was loving it so much and I knew I wanted to be there but the anxiety it's like it controls you like you can't do anything when you feel that way like it's like you've got a like a, a lead wrap or something wrapped around you like, and you're getting pulled back like you can't go and it, it was it was awful and I kind of kept it to myself like the girls in my flat knew that obviously something wasn't right mm-hmm. um but I didn't want to tell my parents or anything because I just thought it sounded ridiculous. I thought, look at me, like, complaining about going to uni when they're at home and my dad's so unwell, like, oh, my gosh, like, why? I've got nothing to be complaining about. Like, I'm healthy, I'm fine. And it got to a point where then I wasn't eating. Um, I thought if I ate, something would happen to me, like, I would choke. And your mind just plays such games on you. And I just didn't really 
know what was going on I didn't know who to talk to like whether to go to a doctor I just didn't know if it was me being silly um and every time I came home after being up at uni and stuff I'd come back my mum would say Gabby like are you okay like you've lost some weight are you are you feeling okay and I'd be like no no I'm fine and then I got to the point where I was coming home and I was realizing like I didn't want to eat in front of anyone and I thought I need to like book an appointment at the doctors and I went to my GP and I got my mum to come with me and I just broke down and Mm -hmm. I just think I really needed to do that like I'm so glad I did that because I think I just let it build up and I just got there and it just like word vomit it just all came out and you know my mum I think had a like a kind of sense something wasn't right but um I don't think she could probably realize the extent of how bad I was actually feeling Mm -hmm. um and that was probably my first kind of when I kind of started to learn more about kind of like your mental health and I got referred to the mental health nurse and um, my dad came with me to that and my parents were so supportive of it all and I knew they always would be but I think it's just that fear of actually admitting that you're not okay that can be so scary. Yeah. Do you think seeing you're saying there about you how hard the step was do you think there is still a, a big stigma with mental health? I think there definitely is. I think that especially I think a lot of people get put off asking for help because you hear about you know like the waiting times and that people don't get taken seriously and that can be a huge reason as to why people don't ask for help because it is difficult opening up and saying look I'm not okay I'm struggling with this because for some reason I think as humans we do feel embarrassed to admit when there's a problem and I think if you're going and opening up and the person like the doctor say that's meant to help you doesn't believe you or and I'm not saying all doctors are like that yeah. but it's from a few you know stories that I've heard of different people um a lot of people have had very different experiences and I was very lucky in the sense when I went to the doctors I was listened to and they were so understanding and you know whenever um I'm talking to anyone I always say you know go to your doctor, reach out because they do care. But I know that's just my personal experience. And I do realize and I appreciate that other people haven't had that. And that's when it's not right. That like you shouldn't have, there shouldn't be this inconsistency that one person can go and they're listened to and the other isn't, if that makes sense. And I think it's about bringing more awareness to, you know, mental health is something that needs to be listened to. And, um, you know, especially after lockdown, I think so many people, emotions have been heightened and they've had to suffer a lot more than what they would have and you've not been able to distract yourself I think now more than ever um mental health services are going to be really under pressure because I think there is going to be a large number of people that are going to need more support now yeah definitely what's it like uh, with your support network how how good is it to have that those people around about you who will who do know how you're feeling well I realized that after kind of I lost my dad that you know I am young and not a lot of people kind of do understand necessarily in my friend group and you know they shouldn't understand like we're so young and shouldn't have to go through having a parent that's ill and losing them so young and I kind of really struggled with that because I didn't want to constantly be talking about it to my friends like I wanted to be able to be with my friends and just enjoy myself but at the same time I was like I need to talk about how I'm feeling so through Let's Blether I've really been able to open up and kind of 
virtually meet other people that are going through a really similar thing because I think in your bubble you think when you've got your circle you think oh it's just me no one else is going through what I'm going through but then when you look at the bigger picture like that's when social media is amazing because you're able to reach such a wider network of people and you realize wow like I'm not alone there is people mm-hmm. going through this and through Let's Blether I started my own virtual um like support group for other young people that were grieving and um we started during lockdown and we'd have zooms and we've got a whatsapp group chat and it was people just all over scotland you know people down in england as well um and we would all just come on just a kind of variety of different ages of us who had maybe lost a parent or a sibling or were just struggling with grief and that really helped me because it put things into perspective for me that there was a lot of other young people going through a really similar thing which is a comfort especially when you feel alone like obviously you don't want anyone to go through the pain you're going through but when you find someone else that can actually you know look you in the eye and be like I know exactly how you feel it's almost like a weight off your shoulder because you know that whatever you say that person has also felt which is which is nice to have that and especially I think sometimes with opening up to a stranger can sometimes be easier because you're just talking to someone like a one-to-one level if that makes sense like um and I really felt like that helped me and even now like we don't really do the zooms and stuff now obviously because life's kind of gone back to normal but we still talk in our whatsapp group chat and even you know when it was father's day a few weeks ago like we were all talking about that because a few of us have lost our dads and stuff and um it's it's really comforting and I feel like through that I've formed um I've, I've made some friendships as well through a really horrible situation but we've, able, we've been able to find the find the good out of it by coming together and really talking about it yeah that's really good to hear see obviously when you're you're at uni and that and you're doing that like politics and things like that is it hard to take in a balance the stress of that and just in a normal everyday life yeah I feel like for the last year obviously my uni's all been online so it's been kind of really strange just having to do everything so virtual so I feel like had I been having uni in person it maybe would have been a bit more difficult to kind of juggle it about but see when you're having like uni online like you are able you're in your house you're able just to sit you don't know you don't need to get dressed up you can just sit there and kind of do it as and when you please like it's not like you need to go at three o'clock and do it because the lectures get put up really whenever so I feel like I was able to kind of do fit uni in with when it suited me like say if I was having a bad day with regards to maybe like my grief or something like that I could think right I'm just gonna let myself have today and then tomorrow I'll focus on uni whereas if uni was in person I would have been like oh I'm actually missing a class like that's stress I'm missing a class I can't do that and I feel like as much as I've struggled with uni online because I do miss that social aspect I don't think it's been a bad thing for my first year grieving if that makes sense yeah definitely what's the what do you kind of like to go up to in your spare time in my spare time um I like to see my friends a lot I do like I feel like I I don't really like being myself like I like being surrounded by people um I'm a bit of a chatterbox so it could literally be it could literally be like a brick wall and I'd end up just talking to it like I just I need to be with people so I like seeing my friends I like going out walks with my dog um and to be honest recently like I've just been doing so much for my wee page I just feel like I get so much from it 
like it puts me in a good headspace. And recently we've been my family and I we've been organizing some charity yeah, fund event, that, yeah. um in honor of my dad. And that's been really fun, kind of planning stuff like that. And it's been keeping me busy and um like I enjoy kind of just doing all that sort of thing. And I've become an ambassador for Ayrshire Cancer Support. So like I enjoy going to their meetings and obviously they've opened a new center in air. So um, there's like loads of exciting things happening but I think the fact like it is summer uni's done like I was talking to my mum the other day actually and I was just like I need to find some more things just for me like mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like I, I love doing my let's play other things but then I kind of think oh like, you need to do something that's just for you like because I think sometimes it can be so easy to just get I, I like working I like keeping myself busy in that sense but then I'm like I need something kind of therapeutic where I can just kind of turn off and to be honest we got a paddle board and I do enjoy going down to maidens and going on my paddle board which is good fun so um just kind of things like that um but I am a bit I, I kind of am a bit chaotic I'm a bit all over the place I just like keeping myself busy <laughs> what's uh you mentioned there about the, the charity walks you've got planned just tell us a bit about that as well look what's what you got lined up for that so um, I've been working with Worldwide Cancer Research who actually reached out to me through Let's Blether when they kind of seen, I think they'd seen some of my stuff in newspapers regarding what I'd said about my dad. And obviously after my dad passed, my mum was then diagnosed. So cancer is like a kind of huge thing within our family. Like it's obviously something that, you know, our heart kind of, it's just, it's something we're obviously very kind of like passionate about, you know, yeah. raising money and stuff for such a good cause. So Worldwide Cancer Research reached out to me. Um, and then from there, I just kind of started going back and forth with a few people from the charity. And then um, they'd come up with some really good ideas um, kind of, of things to do in honour of my dad. And they were just kind of so supportive over the last year, despite being in lockdown, they always checked up on us. And I thought, what an amazing charity and any money that they get goes towards research, which is obviously crucial in yeah. um, helping get new treatments and making treatments kinder and, um, you know, that sort of thing. So we decided we wanted to make a 200,000 pound legacy fund in memory of my dad. So we're going to high raise this money over I don't even know how long it will take us and you never know it could take it could take a couple years it could take 20 years I don't know hopefully not as long as that but um hopefully we're going to raise 200k um in memory of my dad and this fund will then be in his name at the charity so whatever that money gets put towards like my dad's name will be on it and that means like so much to us yeah sounds brilliant his name to be there because he was so young and it wasn't his time to go and you know we want his legacy to just live on forever and the charity are so supportive and for us research and for everyone who's living with someone with cancer or knows someone with cancer research is crucial um and all, that's what all the money will be going to so it's such a worthwhile cause and yeah no, we're, we're really excited for the future of that and we've got our first day charity event on the 13th of August we're doing a um at Air Rugby Club we're doing um my dad's former teammates are playing against my brother's team right. <laughs> just kind of a light-hearted game um which should be a really good laugh 
Um, and I'm trying to like, you know, hopefully it'll be like a kind of family fun day. We'll get some stalls and stuff there, all COVID dependent, fingers crossed it'll all go ahead. Um, just in a kind of lighthearted day, um, which I think my dad just would have loved. And we're gonna get a cup, um, the Kevin Williamson cup. So whatever team wins, we'll be awarded that cup from the former um, Scottish and British Lions player, David Soul, who's actually the chairman of uh, Worldwide Cancer Research. Mm -hmm. So that'll fit very nicely there. So that's really exciting. So um, I'm going to keep my uh, page like updated with things for that. But yeah, you know, it's exciting planning all that. So I think just having things to look forward to is the best thing. That sounds amazing. What, see, when it comes to mental health, like, where do you, where do you think they can, where do you think is the next step for mental health? Like, how can you see it going forward? Well, at the moment, I've been helping out in the Scottish government's um, mental health and wellbeing framework strategy group. Right. So that we hold meetings once a month where they kind of come on and we talk about plans for um, things that need to be worked upon within different areas of mental health and stuff. So through my page, any comments or thoughts that I get from people on my page I then pass on to those on this call which I think gives I think it's amazing because it gives young people the chance to let their voices be heard and um, I've said a few times on my page if anyone's ever got anything they want to say like just tell me I'll write it down and I'll pass it on and last week I was emailing some stuff over to them about what um, they think needs to be changed and stuff and I think just making sure young people are at the forefront is crucial because I think it's a topic that young people are very passionate about and I think you know young people this generation could be the one that the ones that change it for future generations because I think especially through social media and stuff it's just highlighted how many people experience um, things regarding mental health so I think the important thing is getting those who are in power to really listen to the kind of bigger picture and um, especially you know like with waiting times and stuff like that I mean you know, some people are able to wait, but not everyone is. And it's making sure that those people who can't wait don't slip under the mm -hmm. belt because that's that's the kind of thing. And that's what um, the framework group were saying, you know, it's making sure we don't let these people slip under because that's what happened. And it's devastating when it does. And too many people lose their lives to mental health problems. And it's, um, it's something that I'm really passionate about. And you know, I think a lot of young people are passionate about and I think it's just making sure that our voices are heard and see if you do have thoughts and opinions like write to your MP, write to your MSP, like get your voice heard because, you know, the more the more pressure we put on those in power, the, the more they have to listen to us. Um, and I think that is what is so important because there's so many flaws within the mental health kind of like system you know in the NHS and the thing is the NHS are amazing mm -hmm. they are they're brilliant but there's 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 gaps and there's things that do need to be fixed and for those that have struggled you know they these people need we need answers and we need things to progress. I definitely couldn't agree more. What's the plans for the future of Let's Play? Where are you, where's the next steps for that? Well, it's actually very exciting. I've been doing a lot of work um, with the Scottish Government and with South Ayrshire Council as well. Um, I haven't really announced it on my page, but I've been talking about it to people, so it's not a secret. But basically, um, I've got a little sister who's nine, and when she lost my dad, we lost my dad last year in June, um, and 
when she went back to school, we just realised how difficult it is for little ones, you know. Yeah. My mum was constantly being told, oh, little kids are resilient, like they're fine, they'll, they'll get there. Um, but that's not good enough. You know, my brother and I, we are able to vocalise how we feel. We have one each, we have each other to kind of bounce off. Whereas my little sister, like it can be so difficult for someone that age to actually articulate how they feel because I don't think a lot of the time she actually does know how she feels. So with um I wrote to the Scottish government about something that I've been wanting to do for a while and South Ayrshire Council have picked up on it and they are helping me do it. And it's basically having a let's blether box. Um, and in this box, it'll have things like emotion cards, um, there's a little toy my sister has and it's like an octopus and it's got like a smiley face on one side and then a sad face on the other and you can it's like reversible mm -hmm. and she takes it into school and basically sits it on her desk and sometimes she doesn't want to draw attention to herself in the class and see if she has that sitting say the happy way it lets the teacher know that that's how maybe she's feeling today and without drawing too much attention to it yeah. And that's been like a really good way of kind of letting the teacher know how Poppy's been feeling day to day at school. Um, so it'll have things like that in it, a journal, books, um, a memory jar, just little things. And basically with this box, if any young child in South Ayrshire, um, you know, a primary school child um, loses a parent or a sibling or an auntie, they will be given one of these boxes, almost just like a hug in a box, just yeah. to let them know um, that they're not alone. There'll be a directory in it for parents so they know of services and charities that can offer support. Because I think a lot of people don't know where to turn to when they lose someone and they've got a young child involved. Because I know my mum certainly didn't um, know kind of who to talk to about it. So um, South Ayrshire Council have very kindly offered to fund this project. So we're in the midst of getting that all organised, which I'm so excited about. And I'm like so blessed. I can't, I can't wait for it to go out and we're kind of piloting it um, hopefully in August into a cluster of different schools just to see how it goes initially but um, I think this kind of hug in a box idea could really help a child that maybe feels alone and isolated because you know no child should feel different for you know losing someone and grief is so difficult and even as adults it's so difficult so you can't imagine how it must be for a child um, and it's not good enough just for a child to be told they're resilient they'll you know they're too young to understand like you know kids aren't silly and um, kids have emotions too so I'm hoping by having these boxes it'll give parents an idea of you know different activities that they can do to help remember the lost one or deal with their emotions um, and also with the directory it gives them an idea of where to go if they think their child is struggling or if they're struggling and what to do and whatnot so that's kind of where my plans are and what I've been busy working on just now and I'm just I'm so excited for this to be launched and to post about it soon once we've got the box and everything but we're organizing it all and ordering everything which is um, really exciting at the moment. That sounds brilliant. We close the show with some quite fire questions. Are you all right to answer yeah. a couple? Right. Yeah, fine. Brilliant. If you could go back in time to any point in your life where would you go? I would go back to my old house just after my sister was born. So my sister's nine, so I was probably about 12 
at the time, 11 or 12. Um, so I would probably go back then because I've got such happy memories at my old house and life was just good and calm and it was just a very happy time in my childhood. So I think I'd go back then. Brilliant. Interesting fact about yourself that viewers might not know. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> such a hard one. Oh my gosh, this is, I've been so put on the spot. <laughs> God, I can't even think. Um, an interesting fact. I'm probably going to say like such a rubbish fact and then later I'll think, oh, that would have been a better fact. Um, an interesting fact. Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, interesting fact is... Oh God, I can't think. Do I come back to that one? Yeah, no, I'll think about it. I'll come back, back to that one. Favourite film and TV show? Favourite film is Forrest Gump. Love oh, that. And good. then my favourite series. Mm, I love Stranger Things. Very good. Favourite <laughs> artist and song? Oh, favourite artist. <laughs> I love... I'm just gonna say Beyonce because I just love her. I just love her. I love all her songs. You can't go wrong with Beyonce. And then favorite song? Oh, this is quite a silly one. Um, it's <laughs> Fat Man Scoop. Be faithful because it's just my favorite song. Like, see when I'm out and that song comes on, like I just love it. So I have to say that song. <laughs> favorite hobby? Uh, my favorite hobby is playing hockey, field hockey. I love hockey. Nice. <laughs> one thing you would tell yourself five years ago. Um, one thing I would tell myself five years uh, probably that just like live in the moment enjoy yourself um, oh gosh I look back at my life five years ago and I just kind of think like I probably had everything I wanted right in front of me and I didn't realize so it's probably just I think I always have appreciated what I have but just to really appreciate it and make the most of you know your family and tell people you love them more because life is so short and you don't yeah. know what's going to happen so yeah. probably do that. Brilliant right back to the interesting fact about yourself what we got. <laughs> oh my gosh I sound so boring. Like, why can't I think of anything? Oh, um, fun fact is, this isn't even that fun, but I'm tongue-tied. So, like, I can't stick my tongue out. So, like, <laughs> if it doesn't come out, like, past my lips. So, that's not... <laughs> what a stupid fact. That's all I can think but I went, Gabby, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, no, thank you for well, having me. It's the best of luck for everything planned for the future. Thank you. I really Thank you. Cheers. It.